Good morning. He is risen. Amen and amen. Pastor Drew talked about our belts tightening a little bit during Lent. I have this weird phenomenon happening in my life where no matter what I do, my belt is shrinking. It keeps shrinking. My jackets and my shirts, everything keeps shrinking. Yours too, right? Yeah, it's this terrible thing that keeps happening. So maybe I'll have a reverse. Maybe during Easter, they'll start getting bigger again. They'll loosen up some, but it continues to happen that way. But my name is Leon McKenzie, and I serve as the pastor for teaching and preaching here at Redeemer Community Church. And it is so awesome to see so many of your beautiful faces. Praise the Lord. It's always good. I enjoy dressing up for Sunday morning. I know I've gotten a little out of the habit. I used to wear a suit every time I preach. I've gotten out of the habit. But it's, it's good to, to do it every once in a while, right? To look really good and, and to be, huh? Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say, Colleen, that I look really good. That's what I was trying to communicate to y'all. So, um, I look great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Give me an opportunity. And, you know, speaking about getting dressed on Sunday mornings, um, I tell you something, man. Um, getting dressed with children is something different, ain't it? Like, it's a, whole, it's a whole different game. Like, I didn't appreciate getting dressed for Easter Sunday as much as I did this morning. I mean, it was crazy, man. And then to add on top of it, so I usually forget to take my suit to the cleaners whenever I'm going to wear a suit. And um, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I took it to the cleaners this time. I know you noticed. But I usually forget to take it to the cleaners. But this week, I didn't forget. I took it to the cleaners. I, I had it. I made sure I left it in the plastic. I didn't want to take it out of plastic because I want to be crispy, you know. And so this morning, I go ahead and I slip the plastic off. I go to put my, my Land's End custom shirt that I bought a couple years ago. Go put that thing on. And sure enough, they put a hole in my collar, man. And so I had to rummage through the closet, and I found this shirt. You can't tell, but this is one of the shirts that shrunk um, over the past couple of years. And so I made it look good as I put on my jacket and stuff over it. But, man, and then so, yeah, I got that going. I got two kids crying. And, and so, you know, I just did whatever good, whatever good husband was did. I just, I just made it out the door as fast as I could. And let my, I let my wife deal with it. And she's a superhero, so she did great. Um, she's, I don't even see her in here, so she's probably asleep somewhere. Oh, there she is. Okay, so she's awake. There she is. Amen. But praise be unto God this morning. So good to be with you. And I think, um, I think last year we were outside for Easter, weren't we? We were outside for Easter. It's good to be indoors, AC. Just great, man. Praise be unto God for his kindness towards us that we've made it to where we have. And so today on this Resurrection Sunday, Easter, for those of you who may not be aware, Easter is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good Friday, this past Friday, is the day that we remember his passion when he died on the cross. This Sunday, three days later, is where we celebrate the fact that he is resurrected. Amen. And that's why we say he is risen. And you say he is risen indeed. Amen. It is indeed a celebration. And today we're going to talk about the new creation. And what I want us to understand about the new creation in relation to the resurrection is that the resurrection is not the end of the work that the Lord Jesus Christ came to do. But instead, it is the beginning of his work of the new creation. Okay, so the resurrection is the beginning of the new creation breaking forth into the world and into our universe, okay, which is ultimately what Christ came to do to make all things new. And so I want us to, the big idea, the main idea I want us to walk away with today is this, and it should pop up on the screen here, is that the resurrection is our invitation to participate in God's new creation. 
Amen? The resurrection is our invitation to participate in God's new creation. I won't speak about the resurrection itself in a lot of detail. I'll talk a lot more about what Paul says about the new creation, but I want you to understand that the new creation that is breaking forth into the world is a direct result of Christ's resurrection. Amen? Amen. And so we're coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. Again, if we have any great Anglicans in here, you may notice that we're taking another little detour from the lectionary today. It's okay. It's okay. The bishop is fine. He told me I could do this. Okay? So we're taking a little, a little detour it's just because I feel like this is something the Lord wants us to talk about. So we're going to be talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. And I pray the Lord grants us some fresh perspective here today. So I'll read and then we'll pray and then we'll jump in. So beginning in verse 16, it says this, it says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For God made him who, knew, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is the word of the Lord. Friends, please pray with me. Oh God. We are so grateful for your resurrection life, which is present with us this morning. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And this morning, I pray that that new creation that is breaking forth into this universe, into this world, would indeed come and be oh so real to every heart every mind, every person here today. I pray that not a single person can leave without this new creation breaking forth in and through them this morning. Please, oh Lord God, would you have mercy. Help me, Lord, through the power of Holy Spirit to preach your word with clarity. May your word go forth in such a way that nothing would hinder its reception. That, Lord God, we would all hear and receive exactly what it is you're saying to us. Help us live as you call us to. Help us love as you call us to. Forgive us for our sins. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor because indeed you are worthy and worthy of all our praise on this resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, the text that we just read, a lot of us, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've been familiar with this text, and you've probably heard it read or explained as, if any person be in Christ, then he or she is a new creation, right? That the old things have passed away for that person, and it says, behold, all things become new. 
And while I don't think that that interpretation of this text is incorrect, I do think it's a little short-sighted. And I'll tell you why I think it's a little short-sighted. In the original text, right, in the original uh, Greek text from which this is translated, this is how it goes. This is how it says it says it there. It says this. It says, if any be in Christ, new creation. That's what it says. If any be in Christ, new creation. So that what Paul is originally communicating here in the Bible is that there is no limit on the new creation breaking forth into our world. So that when we assume that what Paul is saying is that if any person be in Christ, then that person is a new creation, we're limiting the the new creation to what God does in us whenever we come to faith in Christ, right? You've heard it talked about in terms of, well, when you come to Christ, your old desires are done away with, right? Your old life is done away with, and now you're a new person in Christ. And I want you to understand, that is true, and we're going to talk about that. But that understanding of this text actually actually falls short of all that of what God is trying to say through the Apostle Paul. So that if anybody be in Christ. The new creation, the new creation has come, the new creation is breaking forth into our world and into our universe so that all old things are passing away and behold, all things are being made new. Not just you and I, but all things. And so what Paul is trying to communicate here is that if anyone be in Christ through faith, then not only is that person being made new, but he or she is being invited to the new thing that God is doing everywhere in every way. Now I want us to take a look at what this word new here Uh, This word new here from the original language, the word in our Bibles that's translated new, it's a Greek word called kainos. Everybody say kainos. All right. You're all Greek scholars now. Amen. And listen to the definition of that word. Listen to the definition as we look at it in English. It means new. That is to say newly made. Not merely recent, but different from all that which had been formerly new as coming in the place of a thing that was formerly, and as not yet used. In other words, brothers and sisters, what this new thing means is altogether different, not at all as it was before. Something that is completely different. All of this to say, brothers and sisters, that I think that we've been understanding what Jesus came to do when he died and rose just a little bit, a little bit wrong. We've fallen a little bit short of what Jesus came to do when he died and when he rose. I want us to take a quick look at this video. Uh, where's Pastor Drew at? Man. If he wasn't my boss, he would be fired today. (laughs) Take a look at this video, Gus.
don't know how you watch that without tearing up. He said, Mother, I make all things new. Notice that Jesus didn't say, Mom, I come to make all things a little better. He just said, Mom, I come to fix things. They're broken. I come to fix them. I come to make them a little different. He says, Mom, I make all things new. When Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame, for the joy set before him, as the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, that joy that was set before him, brothers and sisters, wasn't just a little better world. That world, that joy that was set before him was a brand new creation. That joy that was set before him was all things being made new. Jesus did not come to make this disease-ridden, war-torn, dog-eat-dog chaos, chaos of a world a little better. Friends, he came to do away with it and to make something completely new. This is the work of the cross and this is the power of the resurrection. God in Christ is bringing about something new that has never been before. And friends, Jesus' death and resurrection is our invitation to take part in this new creation. I recently heard a, well, I didn't, I didn't see the whole video. I couldn't see the video. CNN has this new thing called CNN Plus. I watch CNN from time to time. I hope that's okay. I also watch Fox News, Fox News from time to time. It's all good. I see, I see, you know what's so crazy about the church? Some people looking at me weird when I said CNN. Some people looking at me weird when I said Fox News. Let me tell you something. Neither of them are Jesus' station. Amen. Oh, just, just, just throw it out there. But this one's on CNN, and CNN has this new thing. They have CNN Plus. You have to pay extra for it. And I saw a small little uh, interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He is a, he is a, a astrophysicist. He's also a rabid atheist. And he said something that was Bible. This atheist was preaching truth. He said, listen, he said, this universe is on a one-way trip. Get over it. That's Bible. That's Bible. This universe is on a one-way trip. And when it's done, it's done. And God is making something new. And so, brothers and sisters, the old has passed. The old is passing away. New things are coming to pass. And so here's the question I know we want us all to get to today. What does this mean for us? Well, the first thing is this. God is bringing about his new creation in us. Amen. God is bringing about his new creation in us. In verse 18, after speaking about the new creation, Paul writes about the reconciliation of God. He says that God is reconciling us, his people, to himself through Christ. And what Paul is talking about, brothers and sisters, is that through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, what God is affording us is forgiveness of sins such that we are brought into right relationship with God. And I want to say this, okay? What this means is that Jesus is our sacrifice. And I want to acknowledge that thinking about a person as a sacrifice, especially if you're new to church, may seem barbaric or even archaic to you this morning. 
it may seem a little unnecessarily brutal to you this morning. And I want you to understand that I get that, but I also want you to understand that I don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. And what God has shown us and what the Bible tells us is this, is that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so what happened in the Old Testament, which is that first half of the Bible, is that the Old Testament, the Jews, what they would do is they would sacrifice goats and bulls and things like that in order to cover their sins. But what we know in the New Testament, God comes around and says, listen, the goats, the blood of the goats and the bulls are just not sufficient. And so God sends us a sufficient sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, an altogether holy sacrifice in no one other than himself. So God takes on flesh and he himself is sacrificed and that sacrifice, brothers and sisters, is effective. And what the resurrection is, brothers and sisters, don't miss this, what the resurrection is, is the declaration that that sacrifice is indeed effective. So when Jesus raises from the grave, it is a receipt that says it is stamped, this is good. It is done. And I just want to say to you, brothers and sisters, that it's through this effective sacrifice that the new creation is breaking into this world. It's through this sacrifice that Jesus is coming and making us new. And I know what I said earlier. I know I said that we're not, I don't just mean that he's making us new as people. I don't just mean that, but I do mean that. That when we come to faith in Christ, the new creation begins to break forth in this world through our very lives. So that when we come to faith in Christ, he immediately begins the work of making us new. He does not leave us the same. So that the old things that begin to pass away are those old desires, right? Those old ways of living, of doing life, what we call sinning, those things begin to pass away and God begins to bring about something altogether new in our life and what we desire and what we pursue in this world. The prophet Ezekiel, he talks about it in terms of receiving a new heart and a new spirit. Look at Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27. This is God speaking through the prophet. He says, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and ye shall keep my commandments and do them. In other words, brothers and sisters, you cannot come to Jesus and stay the same because he gives you a new heart. You cannot come to Jesus and be the same because he gives you his Holy Spirit. And as this new heart pursues him, and as this the power of the Holy Spirit comes in you and empowers you to pursue him, you will put to deed, you will put to death those old deeds of the flesh. And you will begin to live into the newness that he has called you. Into that new creation which is beginning in your life. 
You see, brothers and sisters, here's the reality. I know we all look good this morning, and you do look great. You do, including myself. We all look great. Why are you shaking your head, Mary? Why can't I big myself up? Thank you. Thank you. But I know you see us. We look good. We're clean, right? We're praising God. We're crying when we see the passion of the Christ. It's all great stuff. But I want you to understand, none of us were born into this life of following Christ. Okay? We look great now, but we weren't always here. You see, Jesus met all of us in some kind of mess. Jesus met all of us in some kind of mess. Amen? Some kind of sin, some kind of way that God was not pleased. You see, all of us weren't named Christians. We weren't always named. We weren't always named follower of Christ. See, some of us had some other names, didn't we? Some of us were called liar, weren't we? Some of us were called backbiter, gossiper, right? Some of us were called fornicator, adulterer. All of us came to Jesus out of some mess. We were all sinners living in this broken world without hope, but then Jesus met us and he has given us a new name. Right? He now calls us beloved. He now calls us son. He now calls us daughter. He now calls us child of the Most High God, our King. Jesus is beginning a new work in us and he has given us a new name. He's given us this new heart. He's given us this Holy Spirit so that where we were once powerless against the sinful desires of the flesh, we now live to please Him. But I want you to understand, friends, that salvation does not stop there. If you'll give me a second to get a little philosophical with me, if I could say that word, get a little philosophical with you this morning. A lot of us have viewed our Christianity through something that I don't think we even recognize, through what's called a Gnostic lens, okay? Now, Gnosticism was this thing around Jesus and Paul's day where there were these people saying that the physical world is all bad, it's all evil, right? So that anything physical can't be connected to God. So Jesus didn't come, he didn't, really, he didn't really take on flesh, it just looked like he took on flesh, because if God really did take on flesh, then he would have been taking part in evil, and we know God doesn't take part in evil. And so they teach that what the blessing of death is, is that when we die, we're separated from the body, and we live forever as spiritual beings somewhere floating around, ethereal beings floating around, in heaven. And what I know is that for a lot of us, that's our picture of heaven. But let me tell you that that is not the Bible. That is not the Bible. You see, God made us physical beings and he intended us for us to be physical beings. The problem is that sin entered in and these bodies we have now are being done away with. These bodies we have now are broken beyond repair. And so God is making us 
new. Listen to what Paul says in, the, in, cha- in verses 1 through 5, chapter 5, the beginning of this. And I'm going to read it in the message because I think that Eugene Peterson, he, he says it in a way that's a little more compatible to our English. He says this, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours, ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. And we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little bit of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. In other words, brothers and sisters, having bodies are a good thing, and we're meant to be in bodies for eternity. And as part of the new creation, God has promised that those of us who are in Christ will be given brand new bodies. So God is breaking, he, the new creation of God is breaking forth into this world. And it begins in us as God is giving us new desires, a new heart, placing his spirit in us, giving us a new name, granting us a new life in him, and ultimately he will grant us brand new bodies. If you're anything like me, you get tired of this old rickety body. I know this body looks great again, I get it. I get it. But it, 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 it got its issues, I tell you. But God is breaking forth with his new creation. And praise be unto God, one day these bodies will be done away with and we'll be given something altogether new. The resurrection life of God has promised it to us. The resurrection life of Christ has promised it to us. And so the first thing is that as this creation breaks forth, it's beginning in us. But secondly, God is bringing about the new creation through us. In verses 19b, that's the second half, verse 19 to verse 20, Paul writes, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And friends, while I'm sure that Paul is speaking specifically about the role of the apostles, those are like the first church fathers, understand that as those who follow in the footsteps of the apostles and ultimately the footsteps of Christ, we are all called to be ambassadors. We are all called to be go-betweens between God the Father and the people of this world. And as ambassadors, we are called We are called to beckon people to be reconciled to God. And in this way, the new creation isn't only breaking forth in us, but it's breaking forth into this world through us. What this means for us, brothers and sisters, is this. I love, I'm going to be a little transparent really quickly. Um, Before I came to Redeemer, it's been about eight years ago now, which is hard hard to believe, eight or nine years. Before I came to Redeemer, my faith was largely intellectual. My faith did not go much farther than what I could read and write on a page. When I came to Redeemer, the blessed change that was brought, that was brought forth in me was the recognition that I'm not called to just keep my head in the books. I'm called to keep my feet in the streets. That I'm called to be out here loving the people that God is out here loving. 
that while I'm in the studio, while I'm in the study, studying and reading, Jesus is out in the streets saving and healing. And I just say that to say, brothers and sisters, I know here at Redeemer, this is a special place. That we are nothing if not people who are going out in the streets and beckoning people to come to Christ. We are nothing if we are not people going out and serving and healing in the world as we're called to. But I want us to have the right perspective as we do this. As we go out and serve, as we go out and help, as we go out and care, understand that you as an ambassador for God, you're not just going to make things a little bit better for people. That's not what you're called to do. You're called to bring a foretaste of the new creation into this world. I'm glad you moved over because I probably was going to hit you several times. You're called to break the new creation forth into this world so that all that you are doing is giving people a foretaste of what's to come. You don't just settle for letting people be a little bit better here. That's not what we're doing here. We're giving them a foretaste, and through that foretaste, what we're hoping that they will ultimately do is be reconciled to God so that they can get the full meal. That's why it's important, brothers and sisters, that we do not neglect to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. While we are serving, while we are helping, while we are healing, make sure that they're not just seeing your food or your money or your service. Make sure that they are seeing Christ. Because it's only in him that the new creation will break forth in their lives. And brother, if you'll come play for me. It's only in Christ that the new creation will break forth in their lives. And so as I close, I want to say this. I want to say this. This is the bad news. This is the bad news that all has been said. This new creation is not reserved for everybody. Paul is very clear that this new creation is for those who are in Christ. Those who have come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. This new thing that Jesus is doing is reserved for you. But if you're not found in Christ, you don't put your faith in Christ. Paul is very clear. He said that the old things are passing away. And those who are not in Christ, brother and sister, they will find themselves as the old things that are passing away, apart from God, not to be again. And I understand, I understand that that may sound like Christianity is some kind of exclusive club, right? It may sound like Christianity is some kind of prideful enterprise that just says, we got it right and everybody everybody else got it wrong. But let me put it to you this way. Consider it this way. What if it's not about being an exclusive club? What if it's just a matter of reality? What if it's just a matter of fact that when we come to faith in Christ, it's not that you get some ticket punch that says you're in the cool kids club. What if it's the fact that when you come to faith in Christ, 
you are in a very spiritual and real way united with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, at, so that as the new creation is breaking forth in and through him, and we are in him, we get to experience the new creation along with him. What if that's the case? And I'm telling you that that's what Paul is saying. That's what God is saying through the writing of the scriptures. He's saying that that's what it is, a spiritual reality. It's not a matter of pride. It's not a matter of an exclusive club. It's a matter of truth. The new creation is coming through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not found in him, then you don't get to take part. That's the bad news. Here's the good news, brothers and sisters. You don't have to miss out on it. You don't have to miss out on it. Today, you can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that you are reconciled to God, in such a way that his sacrifice is truly applied to you so that your sins are forgiven and you are truly united to him. So that as that new creation breaks forth into the world, you are a part of that new thing to come, not the old that's passing away. In a moment, brothers and sisters, Pastor Drew is going to come and he's going to lead us in communion. And I want you to see here at communion an opportunity for us to see whether or not we are in Christ in faith. When we take of this, bro this broken cracker, when we take of this juice, we are proclaiming that faith that unites us with Christ. And I want you to consider, is that something you want to do today? This, this, is not, this is not me guilt tripping you. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, here at church, here as a pastor, as a preacher, my desire is not to guilt trip you into anything. My desire is to compel you with love. With love. To trust in this thing, because I just believe it to be true. I just believe it to be true. And so if you're here this morning, you say, hey, I, I can't say I'm united to Christ that way. I want you to consider. All you have to do is believe. Just trust that sacrifice on your behalf. And as you take of this cracker and this juice this morning, know that that is precisely what you are doing. You are taking part in that story of the new creation. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray. And when I'm done, Pastor Drew, if you'll come. Let's pray together, friends. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your word this morning, and I thank you for being present with us. And Jesus, I thank you that you are indeed breaking forth into this world with a new creation, something new, something that has never been. And my prayer this morning, Lord, is that each and every single one of us would be found in Christ. That we would indeed take part in that new creation, even as you are calling us. I give you the glory and the honor this Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen.